0: Welcome to a new episode of the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast, the new voice of voice of success. We all want to feel successful and fulfilled in our lives, but that can be a bumpy road. Through the experiences, journeys, and advice of our guests here on Big Idea Big Moves, we will help you get a jump start on experiencing and cultivating whole life success. Be ready to take notes. Every episode has action items that you can apply to your own life right away. Okay, let's get this started. I will now pass you over to the host of Big Idea Big Moves, Jamie Allison.
1: Hi again, everybody. I'm Jamie Allison. This is the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast. This is the destination for high performers. We talk to people from different genres, different niches, just people doing really cool things in their space, um, find out a little bit about their journey and what they're doing and, and see if we can translate them into our own lives as well. And and I know we have one of those today. I, I think something that's that's quite unique. Just before we jump into that, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that we have a relationship with Epitome Sportswear. Um, the, the reason it um, is a really great connection for us is that uh, they look at whole life success in what they do. Um, Epitome Sportswear, again, looks at not just high performance sportswear, but also those things where if you're just going out and going for a hike or, or maybe going to watch your kids play uh, uh, sports in the summertime, um, some really cool stuff there. But the other thing that really aligns well with us is they believe in giving back to the community they serve. And so for that, they um, are working to impact the inequities and opportunity for girls and women in sport. And for that reason portion of their profits go directly to organizations and initiatives that support girls in sports. So um, something that's, that uh, I think is, is great as well. So take a look in our bio, you can go through there. There's a 20% uh, um, uh, coupon tag as well in there. So feel free to use that or just go directly to epitome sportswear. So it's e p i t o m e Um And today, um, you know, really happy to have Sydney Steinecker. Um, she's an amateur pickleball player, but she's also an influencer and a host of the Basic Dink pickleball-themed podcast um, on various platforms. Sydney's um, comments on and and builds awareness for uh, the sport um, through her journey in really what, um, if, if you haven't been involved in it too much, it's the fastest growing sport in North America right now. Um, and her take on the sport is, I think, quite different. And what um, comes to mind and what people think about the sport right now, she's really changing that, I think, and really finding an audience and demographic that's quite Unique. So, um, so first of all, thanks for taking the time. So, well, really, thank appreciate you for it. the
2: sweet comments, by the way. That, that was so kind of you to say those things. So, oh, I no appreciate problem. It. But yeah, I just want to bring awareness to pickleball and the sport. And I know people are hearing about the sport everywhere. Pickleball, this, pickleball, that, and people are like, "Why are you playing a game named after like a fermented cucumber? Like, this is just weird. <laughs> um, like, are you, wait, did you say pickleball? Like, this always, I get so many questions and. Honestly, that's how I was when I first heard of the sport. Like, yeah. I was like, wait, because my stepdad was the one that got me into it, and every time he would talk about it, he would always be like pickleball, this pickleball. I'm like, are you saying pickleball? <laughs> not, not like pickup ball, but like pickleball. And he's like, yes. Yeah. And at first, I had like every other person's kind of, I guess, mentality towards sport. I thought it was meant for older people, because typically when you Yep. learn what pickleball is and you like do some research you see it's typically it leans more towards an older demographic mm-hmm. and I kind of always like shrugged it off and I'm just like eh, that's just like I don't get why you just don't play tennis like why play yeah. like the sport that's on a like miniature tennis court essentially and yeah. just yeah it, it doesn't make much sense I and mean, it just seems like lazy tennis essentially and I was <laughs> totally like against a sport at first um, so actually I've known about it for about five six years um basically since my mom like was dating my now stepdad yeah. and um he was so into it and what would happen was we actually would have pros come and stay at our house for local tournaments and he would always have like like the, and the thing is like these pros would range in age from like older to younger players and i never knew much about it we had a court in our backyard that's all i knew <laughs> essentially and i saw him playing with all his like friends every afternoon yeah. And I would just observe, but I never, like, really dived into it. And then I saw, like, more and more younger pros staying at our house. And even so, I didn't see how, the like, the pros played necessarily. Yeah. Like, I never took the time to go and go on YouTube and see how pickleball is truly meant to be played. Because well, all I was seeing was basically lobs. Like, it was basically, in a lob is just, like, take the ball, throwing it over people's heads. And people, like, yeah. joking, messing around. And I'm like, this is a sport? Like, what? <laughs> um, and then basically my, one day my stepdad he comes to me and he's like, Sydney, I am training for a tournament and I just really need to get some reps in. Can you just please hit with me for once? And I'm like, I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. And I was pretty athletic at the time. Like I yeah. come from a lacrosse background. So what I think that's what makes me also unique as someone in the sport is most people yeah. come from transition from tennis to pickleball. Mm-hmm. I don't have any racket sports background. I came strictly from lacrosse. I did some swimming growing up, but that was basically it. And I was like, okay, I think I have a hand-eye coordination for this. Like, okay, I'm going to kick your butt. I don't really know how much like help I can be to like helping you train, but like, okay, I go on the court. He smokes me in singles (laughs)
0: 11-0. And mind
2: you, he's like 60 years old. And I'm just like, I'm like, how is this (laughs) happening? Like you are destroying me? Like, no, like I can run a mile like pretty quick. And like, you're telling me now you're kicking my butt in singles. Like what? So I'm like, okay, we're gonna do this again. So the next day I go back and again, 11-0, I'm like, why does this keep happening? And I'm like, I am going to train and get to the point where I can beat you essentially. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, by that time I basically became hooked. Um, He got me a pad, my own paddle. And I was, every afternoon I was like, started asking him, like, hey, you wanna play pickleball? You have a big pickleball with me. And I just like started off with singles. and, Yeah, I decided, and this is all like mid-pandemic, by the way. I guess that's a good thing to add. So, uh, this was October 2020, when I got into it, and yeah, I just, there was a tournament, local tournament that was in December of 2020, um, at a club here in Newport Beach, California. And I was mm-hmm. like, why don't we sign up for it? it gives me something like to train for, like a little bit more motivation as well. And I signed up for this tournament, and I am um, the rating system works as two-five is like the lowest, like beginner level, if you will, goes up yep. to five. And then after 5.0 is pro and it's an in increments of 0. 0.5. Little Sydney thought she was a little bit better than she actually was. And um, <laughs> yeah. I ended up like signing up for 4.0, <laughs> which is like advanced, if you will. And um, got my butt handed to Didn't me. Didn't <laughs> work. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was some, I, I actually ended up playing mix with my stepdad that tournament and it was a lot of fun. And after that day, instead of being discouraged, I was 100% all in. I'm like, I want to get better. I want to like, I see how the games played now. I saw the pro because pros were at this tournament, and I saw how they played, and just their hands were so fast, and it was just such a different look at the sport that I'd never seen before. Because I just saw what was being played in my backyard, yeah. And my stepdad's the one that basically taught me how to play, and yeah, from that moment on, I was fully invested, all in, and have basically haven't gone more than like a week without playing since. So.
1: Yeah. Now, I, I mean, that is one thing that there are, yeah. um, there are pretty big tournaments happening now too. And there's a lot of stuff happening that's from that true. end. Um, yeah. You know, do you see, do you see a, a younger demographic there than, you know, I mean, obviously you have been in it long enough to see a big transition, but have you seen a lot yeah, of and
2: like I think that's what also got me so excited is, is because when I went to this tournament, I saw all the pros were like in their twenties, like me, and we were all like yeah. in the same age group. And yeah. I saw a lot of younger players and I'm like, Oh my gosh, there's younger players in the sport. Like, this is wonderful. And they have like nice, plus division and 35 plus then like Mm -hmm. 50 plus and per senior pro and things like that and um i've noticed the more because i got into a relationship with a pro like and um i started traveling the u.s with him yeah and i was going and playing all these tournaments and i got so excited because i felt like since like the past like year and half that I've been doing this, like going on the road for pickleball, yeah. I've been seeing younger and younger players getting into the sport. Now they have like junior PPA tournaments, things like that. And you're starting to see kids really getting into it. And yeah. I've had my butt handed to me by 13-year-olds, by 14-year-olds. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, oh, now the roles are reversed. Instead of getting my butt handed to me by people that are like triple my age, I'm getting people, my butt handed to me by kids half my age. Yeah. And it's super cool to see um, just how – I guess younger kids are like really starting to get into it and they're starting to see it like be introduced in like their school programs and now high schools are creating teams and colleges are creating teams and it's so exciting to see. Um, And yeah, it's like a social sport. You don't have to be competing in it as well. You can just go and have fun and I think that's the beauty of pickleball.
1: Yeah, well, and I, I think that is one thing you're seeing a lot is that um, because of the different divisions and in, in these large tournaments, you are seeing that um, there's there's such a variety of people. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what I guess if if people are looking too, because I mean, the one thing that is a little bit different is that you um, you do stuff on TikTok, you do stuff on you know, obviously yeah. Instagram and all those things as well. Um, you know, have um, how is that knowing that you know there are probably a lot of young people that are maybe you know taking a look at the sport because of what you're doing, which is probably pretty cool considering, you know, you're you're pretty pretty early in that too, right? Like how does that feel?
2: It's definitely like rewarding because when I first set off to like start making like TikToks for Pickleball, it wasn't because I was trying to go viral in any way or, or things like that. I had gotten into TikTok during the pandemic and then I just so happened to switch from making videos about 2000s era things to making things about pickleball because that was my new passion. And all of a sudden the comments were being like, maybe I'll start checking out pickleball. Like, oh, like this, you make it look like so much fun. Like I thought it was only for older people, but now that I see like younger people like you playing a sport, I'm like more interested in learning more about it. And it's really rewarding saying that. And I'm always like, Like people DM me like how do I get into it and I'm always trying to give them like point them in the right direction as like how do you get started and if they ever need any advice they can always DM me I feel like I'm pretty good about answering most my DMs and I try and be very interactive with everyone that follows me and. Um, Yeah, it's definitely it's a good thing. And I'm excited because now I'm seeing other people doing what I'm doing, which is like creating content and reels. And it makes me so excited because they're creating things that I'm like, wow, I wish I could have all that or like, hey, let's collab with one another. And let's just make this grow. And yeah, it's it's cool. And
1: and i know that you're you're on the path you're you're wanting to be a pro at some point you know that's what you're working towards um but you're also getting opportunities to um do sponsorships and things that that you do because of your influence piece as well how um how has that worked and is is it difficult to be able to kind of um uh balance all of those things i mean you balance work balance what you have to do for sponsorships and then also train to be able to meet your goals that way
2: yeah it's funny because all my friends are like you're like in another city like every weekend and you're all like but you still have your job like how have you not gotten fired yet like yeah. you're doing like a podcast and you're like creating content and honestly um I don't sleep very much <laughs> <laughs> but um but on the real um just I think time management is very important but also I want to be able to train to be a pro but I'm not trying to like force it by any means mm-hmm. because I feel like on the amateur side I've noticed that a lot of people are, they see that the sport is growing and evolving and they see us now as a time to get in, if you will. Yeah. yeah. And I, and people are trying to make the rush to pro because I know like once those big names in tennis start coming over and transitioning yeah. to pickleball, their time is going to be a little bit more limited, if you will. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: and I'm more like trust the process. I'm, everyone's on their own individual pickleball journey. And I don't think that you should be a Rushing anything. Like, if you, like, you progress is very much like you go up and then you stay stagnant. You go up and then you stay stagnant. Mm -hmm. And you're going to plateau for a bit. And I feel like right now, for me as a player, I was going up for a bit. And now I feel like I'm in that plateau stage. And I just kind of have, and it's like kind of like the worst. And I've been making content about being in this pickleball funk, if you will. (laughs) Um, But also, like, with all the sponsorships, like kind of like coming, I kind of also don't want to like limit myself if that Mm -hmm. makes sense like saying like because there's so many different like paddles coming into the sport and so many like new like things being created that I don't want to like feel like right now I'm like locked into anything
1: yeah
2: if that makes sense well
1: Um, I I mean the funny thing is that that you mentioned that because it's that's also a sign of an industry that is really growing and evolving is that you even I, I know recently um, I don't know tons about it, but I know there's even kind yeah. of paddle kind of issues that came out of the U.S. Open, oh, where some gosh, yeah. you know, one paddle wasn't. Um, it was basically banned in the middle of the U.S. Open and things like yeah, that. Yeah, that was a
2: big controversy, and actually, yeah. um, I made a podcast episode about it, just my mm-hmm. truth about carbon, and because I was playing with this paddle that is now banned, and. I was very much frustrated because I considered the owner to be a really good friend. And actually after releasing the podcast, I actually met with Garrett this past weekend. We were both playing at the same area and we decided to just talk it out. And I got a better understanding of like what he thought was going on. And definitely I've, I was like, I don't want there to be any like bad blood between like us. And I'm not trying to see your company go down. Like once your company like figures this out I would love to help you like rebuild your brand and like help promote it and do your relaunch. (laughs) Like I'm not trying to see your company go like completely under the water. so, and he was like very much thankful for that. And I get, to, and you could tell like he was very frustrated. And I don't think what happened was intentional in any way. I think it was just a manufacturing issue. It came down to yeah. that. And yeah. it's very unfortunate. Um, but yeah, and it's, but you see all these different like, because it's basically the paddle surface is now changing because you're now instead of playing with like, um, sorry I can't even like think of what what most paddles are made out of I want to say like a fiberglass yeah now they're playing with more like a carbon fiber surface yeah yeah and because of that now there's just so many inconsistencies with production and things like that and um and but that's just a sport evolving well
1: and and that's it I mean in many ways it's a good sign that you know there's it's it's having to the rules catch up with what's happened in the rest of the environment too right and and that's pretty much any sport but when you get one that's become this big this quickly that happens so
2: yeah of um, course and now there's like talks of like people wanting to up the grit limit like on paddles And like why can't we just change a rule book so we can up like the grit so like carbon carbon paddles wouldn't be considered illegal and i'm open to hearing everyone's argument on it um i don't really have a stance on it right now on my podcast i kind of had a certain stance but now that i hear the other side i'm more like neutral in the situation yeah um but yeah and that but that's just the way the sport's evolving and like things like spin serves like that was something a few months ago that was all the rage before like now yeah. paddle surfaces were an issue, like spin serve. So taking a ball in your hands and spinning it, and then the ball, when you serve it, like hit the ball and it hits the ground, it kicks one way or the other. Now that's something I'm not really following fun- yeah. <laughs> of Because it's like a guessing game. I'm like, every like, time I'm like, it's a 50% chance it's going this way. It's a 50% chance it's going that way. So which way should I jump like this yeah. time yeah. To, to risk not getting aced? Um, and yeah, so that's like something that now, I think next year they decided, USA Pickleball, that they're not going to be allowing that anymore. And that's just like, as the sport changes and evolves. Yeah, and it's
1: just an evolution of the sport, yeah. and 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 it is thing. It's things like that where you wait until there's lots of feedback. So you know when 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 you get higher level people involved in the sport too, right? It just becomes that much more you know important. So, um, you know the other the question I had is that um, you know you've got you're pretty out there with your goal that you want to be a pro, but um, you know when you have all these things going on, you know, you've got a podcast and you've got uh, all these other things. Um, how do you approach goal setting like are you a person who kind of writes down what they're doing how do you how do you approach that yourself
2: so actually because I play a lot of tournaments after every tournament I have my notes of immediately after every match I'm going to my phone and I'm typing in things that went wrong in that match that Mm -hmm. I should improve on so um i think the last tournament i played in was in march ppa austin um tournament and basically after every match i would go run to my phone and be like i need to go work on a really aggressive forehand like returning forehand dinks that yeah. are really aggressive that i've been letting get behind me yeah. take more things out of the air or working on more of my like down the line drive things like that work on my resetting when it's coming from this part of the court and then i take those So I make a list of like my top 10 things I want to work on. And then I go back home and I just drill on those things. And I go, but usually I make, I make my stepdad go drill with me and I'm like, okay, we're going to go work on this. And we're just going to go sit there for like two hours and just work on it. Um, When I'm lucky enough to have my boyfriend in town, um, I'll usually hit with him. I'll usually prefer to hit with him just because he's very like precise. And he has always has the right drill in mind. Um, But yeah, so always drilling a lot. I try and stay consistent. So I have, I usually drill about two to three times a week. And then mm-hmm. I try and play at least five or six days a week rec play. So I'll wow. drill and play in the same day. So I'll go drill in the morning and then at night I'll go and play rec play to go work on those things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's why I say it's like getting sleep isn't exactly like, yeah. it's, and it was very important for the body's recovery process. Um, but yeah, so setting goals. And sometimes I'm it's a like, reality. <laughs> and also just like with levels, I like yeah. made it my goal. to I want to be at this level. At this time, and I'm and I'm signing up for these tournaments very much like well in advance, knowing that I have to get, get to that level in that time frame. Yeah. So at the beginning of this year, I made the goal. I'm like, okay, right now you're playing 4-0 in tournaments. Yeah. I want next month you to push a limit, and I want to go play four five. And then after four five, even if you're not winning, I want you to go play five 0 And like I know this this is a very unorthodox way of, I guess, making goals, because yeah. there's like, the t- there's a lot of people that say you need to be winning consistent gold medals at this level before you mm-hmm. move up a level. And, but then I've talked to some pros and I've gotten their feedback and they're the ones that tell me it's okay to go get your butt handed team going own 2 yeah, if yeah. you're playing at these higher levels, because you know what you need to work on to get to those levels yeah and, well it's
1: it being surrounded by those people that are at a higher level sometimes just ultimately lifts your performance anyway so you know yeah I mean,
2: of course well and they tell me like the right ways to train and things like that and i'm sure. very much blessed to be able to have friends that are pros i'm not and people always get the assumption though no, sydney you're like you have the advantage you get a pit with all these pros like whenever you feel like it i'm like no i don't because i respect their time too and know that their time mm-hmm. as pros like they have to be very like they have to have to train with the right people as well and i know yep. and their time with me is not as beneficial like as it, 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 me playing with them is sure so <laughs> i usually just- just kind of go for them for more like the advice aspect of it, but actually yep. playing wise, I usually just go play with my like friends at my appropriate level. Yeah. Um, I'm lucky enough where I play with a group of people that we're all trying to collectively get better. So actually, I drive an hour and a half, like twice a week, to go play with this group of people up in Los Angeles, yeah. and we're all about we're like all between like four oh, four 4 like five Oh, and then we yep. have some pros that come and play there. And because and that's the beauty of pickleball, you don't need to play if you're a four or five you don't need to play with specific four or five players to get better you can play with four o's four o's can probably even hang up with five o's at sometimes um and that's just also the beauty of being able to train as well um but yeah, so setting goals is very important. Um, I had the goal at the beginning of the year to play 5-0 in May, which is, yeah. so I'm playing five o this in two weeks. Um, wow. Probably, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And I like asked some of my programs, like, is this really bold? they like, you're going to have fun regardless. Like, you have to push yourself to the limits. And if you go own 2 so be it. But at least you're putting yourself out there and making the initiative. Because most people, they just get kind of stuck in these, like, Playing three five for like a yeah, year you and always and that's that. what hinders your progress a bit yeah so um yeah like said, cool. my method i don't recommend it for everyone i mean yeah. tournaments aren't exactly cheap like yeah. i think the average tournament if you want to do three events is like 170 to 200 i know for app new york i think the fees were like up, upwards of like 300 oh, wow. um and then which yeah, yeah and then once you enter pro that's when it gets so like instead of like 170 for the whole tournament you're paying 180 like per event which is right, also right. crazy. Right. And about.
1: that's that's where you have to hope you've got some you can build up some sponsorships and things like that to alleviate oh, some yeah, of that 100%. stuff over time. So um one one thing that goes with that I guess is that you know it um I, I think in the past it's probably been a pretty traditional um setup in the sport. So um mm-hmm. how has it been I mean you know most of the people who probably have been in the sport a long time don't, aren't on TikTok, aren't on Instagram, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, how has that been? Has that been, um, have you been completely welcomed? Has it been something that, you know, is is challenging for some people to comprehend?
2: Um, um It's a little bit of both. I have a lot of positive feedback and I always yeah. take the pos- positive feedback more, like more than like the negative feedback. Sure. Because there's going to be those people that are going to say like, you're not even that funny. Like I don't know what you're trying to accomplish with like making these videos. It's yeah. like I can't take advice from an amateur or like you're trying to be creating content. I only listen to pros, kind of thing. So you kind of get like those people that are a little going to be a little bit negative. And I totally I respect everyone's opinion. I'm not expecting everyone to love me, of course, but also I kind of have to be a little bit more careful with what. I guess I say and do out there now because now I have like people know who I am when I'm at tournaments and not, I mean, not everyone, but like I've pretty decent following sure. and anything I do now in the pickleball sphere in tournaments, like now I know people are going to be seeing what I'm doing. People are now following my results. People are now like seeing like what levels I'm playing at and things like that. And for example, I recently had my first scandal, which was uh, recently and that wasn't exactly the funnest thing to go through um because yeah. also one thing i do advocate in the sport is for mental health um and mm-hmm. i talk about that a lot on my pod- podcast is like how i handle like men- like my mental health issues and like yeah. being a competitor and like a very and there's like now stakes at risk like things like that and how i'm dealing with it um but yeah so i played i'm playing 5 in a few weeks and i had played my first tournament um Recently, and then I played a national qualifier at 3o. Now that was I gave my like talk on my podcast about like why I did it because I don't play sanctioned tournaments that often. I'm playing strictly like PPA tournaments because that's the tour my boyfriend's on. Yeah. Um, that doesn't count towards my USA pickleball rating, if you will. So yeah. and to get to a national qualifier tournament, which is nationals at the end of the year, um, you have to play get a gold medal at your level. Now my rating was 3o because I've only been playing like like i was playing 3o like a year sure. ago yeah and i'm not level anymore and but when i did play a national qualifier last year i was playing these teams that were 5-0s down at 3-0 yeah. and for me last year i got my butt handed to me and i'm like if that's what it takes having to play like get to a national qualifier is playing these level teams and like then i'm going to be seeing these level teams where i'm playing at 3o. Yeah. and it kind of was the case a little bit but not necessarily and I just blew up out of proportion I had to <laughs> kind of go on my podcast give my story and I yep. definitely got a lot of heat of it o- online about it and then that's where all the negative comments came out and I remember those as posts like on the online forum that just like was just had hundreds of comments of people just like tearing me apart oh wow and and I was like I'm like, wow, this is a, this is a, all a lot like, dang. And I got a lot of comments saying like, you're a horrible ambassador for the sport. Like you only have what you have because of what you're da- who you're dating, things yeah. like that. And yeah. I always try and like s- basically separate me, my boyfriend and his career and my career. Yeah. Like, cause yeah. I don't want to feel like I'm like latching onto him. And people think that I'm like gain, like gaining all my following just because of who I'm dating. Yeah. So I'm, open with who I'm dating and but I'm not like saying like I deserve all this because of him and even so like all my projects he's always he's has zero involvement in and he's like you got the sponsorship, how, or like you're working with this brand, how, like what, like, how am I just hearing about this kind of thing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and it is difficult. I mean, I, we have lots of people on the podcast that have, um, and as they get larger and larger followings, I mean, there's always going to be something like that. And um, um, you know, I, I, I think it it can be a very difficult thing when, you know, there's some kind of negative comments and stuff like that, because um, you know, it uh, it, it, it can be taken personally, regardless, right? It's very difficult
0: to oh, do. Oh, one hundred percent. I was so. actually <laughs> at a
2: tournament when this all was going down, and I was on like I literally had to take a time out and during a match just to cry it out. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, I'm like, dang, like this is so hard. Like I don't think I've ever dealt with something at like at this level before, um, because. I feel like I'm a pretty nice person <laughs> and um, I feel that's when I've been called like a sweetheart of pickleball, if you will. Cause I just, I don't see the need of being mean to others like by any means. And I know when you're at these tournaments, like the stakes are high. People are, are like the adrenaline is there and things are said by other teams and if you want and I always want to be like that happy and encouraging person like on the court being like yes this is fun where it's like even if we go home too we're gonna have fun today it's gonna be a blast like you got this queen I call all my partners if I'm playing with females like I'm playing I call them queens and pickleball goddesses and I'm trying to hug my partner in between like points like when there's good putaways or even if like they're like having like a a mental moment on the court I'm like trying to encourage them be uplifting Mm -hmm. and hopefully like I other teams see that and then they try and bring that on their partner as well, because yeah. I think we can all be super intense during matches and yeah. it's, we have to remember why we're all playing pickleball it's because we're there for fun. Like it's yeah. cool to win a gold medal, but like, even if you don't win a gold medal, does that make you not a good player? Absolutely not. Like, and I, every team I, i encourage them to go play tournaments or or people that aren't playing tournaments i want them to go play tournaments because i want them to experience just like the love of the sports and just being there because i mean it's crazy that like i feel like all my friends play pickleball now
0: yeah <laughs> and
2: yeah. without my life has significantly changed the past like year and a half because of this and now we're like going in groups and traveling to tournaments and we all Very like get cool. airbnbs when we're going to tournaments and we even though we all like sometimes none of us will get a medal, but we're like, we had so much fun this weekend just because we we're all together. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, And Sydney, that goes along with like, there, there are probably lots of people that are listening that maybe haven't, haven't tried the sport. Um, if, yeah. if someone's, you know, in that stage where they're they've, they've heard, maybe uh, they've seen some things you've posted or, or heard this and they decide, you know, uh, that might be something I want to try out. Do you have a couple of tips as to, you know, how they, how they go about doing that? What would be a good, Good step to get in involved.
2: Yeah, there's like a lot of resources online for pickleball. So I guess a good starting point. There's pickleball forum on Facebook. Facebook is where a lot of pickleball things happen. So pickleball forum, that's a good start. Of the kitchen, that's another big forum um, yeah. where you can go, kind of ask questions, um, find local players in your area. area. Pickle Play app is an as an app where I think they can show where local courts are at, so you can kind of see like look in your area and also locate other players um yeah. duper that's a popular app right now that's a new rating system that's kind of like uh dreamline universal pig ball rating system mm-hmm. and basically from there you can find other local players in your area and connect with them um equipment wise people always think that you need the most expensive paddle you don't especially if you're just starting out you can just go to like your local dick sporting goods you can go to, or you can go to pickleballcentral.com pickleballsuperstore.com and yep. you can go just grab a paddle it doesn't need to be expensive um and just some balls i always recommend fast balls just because that's what you're going to use in tournaments typically and mm-hmm. i think it's a good starting point just to Might get well used get to started. playing with that ball yep. um and yeah it's and then you just go grab some friends um there's also resources um my boyfriend he has pickleball360.com him and his okay. brother um and their friend um they all make videos for that and they teach you how to play pickleball so and show they were very high level quality videos and you're learning from the best in the game essentially yeah um and that's a good resource as well so you can learn the rules see how it's played and then the one thing that's wonderful about the pickleball community is if you ever just go to like local court or something like that people are going to be wanting to teach you people in pickleball love teaching pickleball (laughs) and there's always going to be someone that's willing to show you how it's played so don't ever feel like i'm afraid like to go to the courts or because i don't know if anyone's going to play with me trust me people are just want to play pickleball and that's how it was for me i would just go to my courts by myself my local courts and just talk and converse with others and like you, they teach me how to play essentially and that's yeah. how I got better um and now those friends saw me when i a few weeks after I'm playing now we're like going and playing tournaments together so it's yeah. wonderful
1: very cool very cool yeah. and if I mean another way obviously to to kind of figure out what's going on and how to do that is by following you so um yeah. what are some of the best ways of doing that um,
2: um yeah so you can find me on instagram at Sydney Steiniger um, on Instagram. And then I have my basic dink podcast, so you can find me on Instagram. Also the basic dink, you can find me on Facebook, Sydney Staniger as well. And on TikTok, Sydney Steiniger. um, awesome. I'm trying to maybe hopefully make some YouTube content soon. We'll see. And then that'll be Sydney Steiniger as well. So I'm, I'm one, I'm pretty lucky that I'm the only Sydney Steinecker <laughs> in the world that spells it the way I spell it. So it's pretty easy to find me. <laughs>
1: that, that is very helpful. Yeah. But for the, for anybody else, we will make sure that we put all those in the show notes notes too so that way you can click right through follow some there's some really cool fun stuff on there so uh, absolutely do that if you haven't hit uh, subscribe on the podcast now make sure you do that we have got great people every week just like uh, Sydney Um, but again uh, I know that uh, I know that you're busy and there's lots of kind of uh, other things going on so I appreciate you taking the time today Sydney it's been great I appreciate it.
2: Okay. I thank you so much for having me on this podcast. It was a blast. And yeah, Uh hopefully we get more people out there playing Pickleball. I'll look forward to seeing everyone on the road.
1: Yeah. All right. Okay. And to everybody else, we'll talk again on uh, big idea, big moves.
0: Thanks for listening to the big idea, big moves podcast. Be sure to drop us a comment on Apple podcasts and follow us on Instagram at big idea underscore big moves. We love to hear your feedback. Till next time, remember, big change comes from small, consistent actions.